This podcast is sponsored by GCK Consulting, a next generation political consulting firm. From fundraising to polling to campaign strategy, GCK is helping get millennials elected all across the country. To learn more about GCK and their services, just go to gckconsults.com. Again, that's gckconsults.com. All right, now to the podcast. Welcome to the Millennial Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Valerie. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And today I'm joined by Iowa Auditor-Elect Rob Sand. Thanks for coming on and congrats on winning your election. Thanks so much, Jordan. I appreciate that. And thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So you are the only Democrat in Iowa to defeat a Republican incumbent in a statewide election in 2018. How did you manage to pull that off? And why didn't the other Democratic candidates do so as well? Hmm. Uh, that is a big question with a lot of answers to it. Uh, number one, uh, I think it helped. It did make a real difference when I personally visited all 99 counties. Like other parts of the country, Iowa has a pretty significant rural-urban divide. And you know, I grew up in a small town, and, and a lot of people in Iowa would say that the town I grew up in wasn't particularly small. It's 8,000 people. you got to drive an hour to get anywhere bigger. Uh, you know, I, I like to fish and hunt. I'm proud of my rural roots. I'm open about that, and I'm open about my faith, which to me, in, in a lot of rural areas, people are looking to see if a candidate understands their way of life, understands what they're doing and understands the risks and the issues facing rural Iowa. And when you present yourself as someone like me, who talks about hunting on the campaign trail and, and talks about my roots, first job catching chickens, I think that makes a big difference. It also makes a difference to show up. And I showed up in every county, and I think that had, a, that had, that had an impact too. We also outraised the incumbent by a very substantial amount. I think we probably outraised her eight or nine to one. When the dust is settled, which is pretty incredible. Defeating an incumbent in Iowa is actually a pretty tough thing to do. I'm 36 years old, which makes me just barely a millennial. But in my lifetime, after 1982, only one incumbent uh, has ever lost to a challenger in a statewide down-ballot race in Iowa. So it a, it's a pretty unusual thing that we were able to pull off, but we had a very well-run campaign. We did a lot of outreach to independents and Republicans and a lot of targeting on those folks and just worked really hard and, uh, you know, very happy that we were able to get across the finish line. I also think it mattered that for my background, you could look at the work I had done at the Attorney General's office as the lead public corruption prosecutor in Iowa, and you could see that I had a record of personal accomplishment there. Um, I actually ended up uncovering what is the largest lottery rigging scheme in American history, uh, which got written up uh, in the New York Times Magazine. Uh, during the campaign. So that sort of thing is something I think voters can look at to say, okay, here's a candidate that knows how to get stuff done. And I think that matters to people as well. And what exactly is the position that you won? What relevance does it have to millennials? You know, it's hugely important when you're talking about investments and the future. Millennials, we're, we're the youngest voting generation right now. On the top of a lot of our minds is, where is our country going? Where is our state going? And part of answering that is always what kind of uh, financial shape is it in? And the state auditor's office in Iowa is supposed to be the taxpayer's watchdog. It's responsible for promoting not just uh, responsible 
use of taxpayer money, but also for promoting good investments. And I think that's the kind of thing that for us, you know, if we want to see our future being sustainable and our future being responsible, where we can tackle the kinds of problems that we are facing, we've got to have people in office who have a record of being able to do that and being willing to do that. And that's what I think is uh, very important about this office for a younger generation. And what issues were you focusing on on the campaign trail? You know, a, a big piece of what we talked about is this office's particular nature as a relatively nonpartisan office. It's always been held by either a Democrat or a Republican. And in fact, there's only been one Dem- one other Democrat that's held this office in the last over 100 years. So it's pretty unusual for a Democrat to get elected to this particular office. But it's not really a partisan office. It's supposed to be focused on investigating public corruption, which we talked a lot about, uh, promoting government efficiency, which we talked a lot about, and just being someone who's willing to hold people accountable when they've done wrong, no matter what their partisan affiliation is. We talked a lot about that. Uh, in my time at the Attorney General's office, I prosecuted Democrats and Republicans. I think people are really hungry for someone who is willing to put the public ahead of their party. And I think that's particularly valuable in Iowa, where the largest political party in the state is independents, people who choose not to affiliate themselves with one party or another. And obviously, you wouldn't have run if everything was going smoothly and perfectly already. What problems did you witness with your incumbent? And what improvements are you hoping to make? The biggest issue that I noticed was the fact that the public corruption piece of the office that they were working on was something that needed a better mix of backgrounds. There's these law enforcement investigations, and yet they have no one in the office uh, with law enforcement experience, which I think is problematic. Uh, The people that they do have there are good at what they do, but they're all looking at the work from the same angle. You've got to have people looking at it from a different professional angle to make sure everything is getting addressed. The other piece that I noticed that was very important was the um, fact that the office doesn't regularly do efficiency recommendations. So they have a obligation, or at least an ability, under Iowa law to try and help save money every time they audit a local office, every time they audit a county government, and every time they audit a state agency. And yet they don't really do it, which to me uh, really got me excited about running. Uh, I was in a job where everything I did as a criminal prosecutor every day, fundamentally, is dark. You know, I could take a terrible situation and make it less terrible, but there wasn't much of an opportunity, there isn't much of an opportunity as a criminal prosecutor to make things truly better. And that's what I, what's getting me excited about the new job that I'm going to start in a couple of weeks here, is I can go in there and take an office that could, with every audit that it issues, try to find ways to save taxpayer money, and yet right now it's not doing it. But we're actually going to be able to make a big improvement in the office in that manner because we're going to be able to start making those recommendations where before they weren't getting made. Hey everyone, I'm Nathan. And I'm Dylan. And as you know, Millennial Politics is totally independent and volunteer run. That means every podcast you listen to, every article you read, and every tweet you see is created by a dedicated team of volunteers. It also means that we can say what we want to say when we want to say it, but we rely on listeners just like you to support our work. We hope you'll consider supporting us by subscribing at patreon.com slash millenpolitics. Every dollar will go directly towards our mission of shining a spotlight on progressive candidates 
causes, and organizations. And if you subscribe at the ambassador level or more, we'll send you a free copy of How Our Government Really Works Despite What They Say. It's an award-winning book about the intricacies of American government, and you'll get to join our exclusive ambassador Slack channel and get to hang out with us all day, every day. I pretty much live there. So if that appeals to you, come join us. And we want to give a very special shout out to our executive producer, Greg Stevens, and our producers, Brad Tracy and Renee Garcia-Brown. Again, if you want to continue hearing interviews and conversations just like this one, we hope you'll visit patreon.com slash millenpolitics. That's patreon.com slash M-I-L-L-E-N politics and join the movement. All right, now back to the show. Your state is one of the most elastic in the country, meaning that Democrats and Republicans can really benefit from the national environment. What exactly was the level of elasticity of this election? How was the national environment affecting down-ballot races like yours? That was one of the things about this office that I think is interesting because the purview of the office is so constrained didn't really have a lot to do with talking about uh, national politics. Uh, obviously, I'm a Democrat. My opponent was a Republican. My opponent supported Donald Trump in the 2016 election. I was very critical of Donald Trump in the election and, and have continued to be so afterwards. But the focus of this race was really on the issues that pertain to the office. And one of the things that I've been talking about with people, and I think is really important in the national sense in terms of where we're going as a state and where we're going as a country, is we have got to be willing to support someone where we agree with them on most issues, even if we disagree with them on something else. We seem to have this tendency right now to instantly jump to the most divisive issues in politics. Uh, we instantly think, oh, well, what do you think about Trump? What do you think about abortion? You know, if we are instantly trying to find out what we disagree with someone on, we're not going to have very many people left to work with actually solve problems. What we need to be doing is finding the people that we actually agree with on particular issues for the offices that are uh, relevant to those issues. And then it shouldn't matter, you know, if we disagree on something else that doesn't have much to do with that office, or if we disagree on something else, generally speaking, it shouldn't stop us from working together to solve the issues that we do agree on. And that's one of the ways that I was able to get a lot of people, uh, a lot of Republicans, to vote for me, a lot of Republicans to contribute to my campaign, is talking about just basic issues where this office could be improved, or it doesn't matter if we disagree on other things because we've got uh, a lot of problems that we've got to solve staring us in the face. So nationally, you know, with my race, didn't touch on national issues a lot. Republicans kind of tried to make it more of an issue. Um, there was an article in Politico talking about uh, a lot of national Democrats that were lending some degree of support to my campaign, talking about uh, people saying that I would be a, uh, a good candidate in the future for higher office like U.S. Senate. And Republicans kind of tried to pounce on that and say, look, you know, this guy's only using this office to run for something else someday, uh, which is just ridiculous. I think if you, if you listen to me talk about the office and how excited I am about it, you have an understanding that I'm actually very excited to hold the office and to do good things right at the state auditor's office in Iowa. And would you ever run for a higher office in the future? I might. I don't know. Uh, I'm 36. Obviously, i got a long ways ahead of me. Uh, it's one of the things that I've been asked a bunch, mostly on um, conservative talk radio. 
But, you know, I look at it this way. I don't know uh, how I'm going to like this job because I haven't started it yet. I'm excited about it right now. How long will I stay excited about it? Is there an opportunity to serve somewhere else where I can have a bigger impact? You know, we've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Are we not having kids? Are we going to have a third? don't know the answers to those questions. All those things kind of factor into that decision. I'm, I'm interested in public service generally. I want to be where I can make a difference. And if someday I think that I can make a bigger difference somewhere else, then sure. But, you know, maybe not. And how exactly does this office interact with other branches and offices of state government? The way the office interacts with everyone else is essentially to audit them. You know, nobody likes being audited, but it's one of the things that, I, again, I think it can be more of a partnership than necessarily just to poke at other government officials in the sense that there's work to do in increasing the number of efficiency recommendations that get made. If you're sitting on city council or if you're on the board of supervisors for your county and somebody comes to you with a few ideas for how you can save money, that's a good thing. And I'm excited to have this office be something that is not just investigating um, and poking at people when they may have done wrong, but also trying to partner with them to find ways to do better. And do you see other branches of state government as allies in what you're aiming to do? That's a good question. Um, I would hope that other branches of state government would be allies. I mean, the, the mission here for the state auditor's office is pretty non-controversial. Uh, we're trying to save money. We're trying to uproot corruption. Uh, everyone should be supportive of that. And we're going to do it in a way that is going to make Iowans proud. Whether or not they want to be supportive of it, they'll have to figure out on their own. It's, it's, not, it's not dissimilar from what I was doing before. I, mean, I was Iowa's chief public corruption and major financial crimes prosecutor. Uh, when you're doing criminal prosecution, obviously you've got an individual that you're investigating who's a suspect for a crime. Maybe you end up indicting them later on. You know, some of them are cooperative, some of them are not. No one ever likes getting indicted. It's not something you can make anyone happy, but you do it because it's the right thing to do. Uh, and you do it whether or not they like it, uh, because it's what the facts show you should do. It's, this is an office where it's very similar because we're going to have a lot of work to do that's good work to do for the state. And even if some state agency doesn't like what we're doing, we're still going to do it, and we're still going to do that thing. And what are you going to do to stay engaged with your community, and especially young Iowans? I think one of the things that we have done well in this campaign is our use of social media. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm at RobSandIA, you'll you'll figure out pretty quickly that that is me. Uh, I am the one sending the tweets, I'm the one sending the replies, I'm the one following you back. And that's something that I think for younger folks does have a big impact. You know, we're accustomed to having people be accessible. And I think we did a good job of that on Twitter. I also think we did a good job on Facebook. So uh, orders and orders of magnitude more Iowans are on Facebook than they are on Twitter. You know, if somebody posted a question or sent a message in, it was usually me responding to that. And so... We were able to be accessible to people in a way that I think a lot of other campaigns didn't focus on quite as much as we did. And I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to keep up that focus in the auditor's office because you know the three things we campaigned on were truth, integrity, and accountability. I think a big piece of accountability for public officials is being accessible. You need to be willing to answer people's questions and try to deal with people's issues. And being accessible is a big part of that.
And speaking of being accessible, how can folks get in touch and where can they find you online? So the Twitter handle I just mentioned, I'll repeat again. It's R-O-B-S-A-N-D-I-A, Twitter handle. You can find me there. On Facebook, it's facebook.com backslash, again, same thing, Robsandia. That's the abbreviation for Iowa. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. And we hope to get you on again in the future to discuss all the progress you've made. Sure, I'd be happy to. Thanks for having me on, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. And lastly, to our listeners, if you want to stay up to date with the Millennial Politics Podcast, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and tune in to the Progressive Radio Network every week at 8 p.m. Eastern to hear our newest episodes. Thanks for listening.